The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 23 through 32, and can be found on page 1532 in your pew Bible. Matthew 21, 23 through 32. Jesus entered the temple courts. While he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. And the father went to the other son and said the same thing, and he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? Well, the first, they answered. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. One more time, Matthew 21. But what do you think, Jesus said? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. And he came to the second and said the same thing, but he answered and said, I will not. 
Yet afterward, he regretted it, and he went. And which of the two did the will, did the will of his father? And they said, the latter. And again we hear, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax gatherers and the harlots will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax gatherers and the harlots did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe him. My beloved, that is what you are. Hear me now. There exists in me an exposed nerve that can be touched by the words of other pastors and preachers. I have, I have listened to them and I've heard them assume and boldly say that the word of God is spoken only to save. When they talk about the word, they say it is effective when men are brought to salvation and it is ineffective or it fails when men do not come to faith. And my heart burns and my blood boils. And this condition rarely expresses itself in a dispute, at least open. And I have to say this unapologetically, that the Word of God never fails. The Word of God never fails because God says so. The Word has more than one possible purpose. Stay with me. It is spoken to the joy and salvation of those who believe or who come to belief from hearing it. It is spoken deliberately by God to the condemnation and the greater shame and guilt of those who refuse to believe those who reject the word and who despise the word and often who despise the messenger of the word. Why? Because of stubborn unbelief. God's word is preached in those cases to the ones that have stubborn unbelief. It's preached to them for the judgment of the unbeliever. Now this is an ancient truth, and it is well known, but often a disregarded theological truth. The saving purpose of the word is called its proper work. And the damning and the judging purpose of the word is called its alien work. But both Proper work and alien work are among the purposes of 
God in speaking his word and causing it to be preached. A proper proclamation includes law and gospel and the proper distinction between the two. It is that alien work of the word which we see, which we heard illustrated in our text today. Jesus points out that the Jewish leaders were stubborn. They were stubbornly unbelieving and unrepentant. Now, while in contrast, the sinners, who are the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they were repentant and believing, both from the same word. And Jesus speaks to their unbelief with a powerful word of judgment. So I invite you to consider the words of our Lord and be warned that the theme this morning is a powerful word of judgment. Today we listen in, again, as Jesus preaches another simple but short parable. It is the parable of the two sons, and we heard that one says yes, sir, to his father when instructed to go to work in the vineyard, but he doesn't go. And the other son says, nope, not going to do it when his father instructs him. But that son that said, nope, later he came to regret his disobedience to his father. And he does end up going to work. And so then Jesus asked the question, which of the two sons did what his father wanted of him? And the answer, of course, is the one that went to work, no matter what either of the sons had said. Now, Jesus tells them what it meant. He says, God is the father in the parable, and they, the Jewish leaders, are the first son who said everything pleasingly, but he was unfaithful. He's the one who said, sure, I'll go, and he didn't go. Now, the tax gatherers and the prostitutes who rejected the word of God, they came to repent when John preached, and they were the ones who were disobedient first, but then turned back and did the will of the Father. Do you see the difference? Then Jesus said that the tax gatherers and the prostitutes were going to go to heaven before any of them, any of them being the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the priests. That's a powerful word of judgment right there. Because the shameless hypocrisy and unfaithfulness of the leaders of the Jews was clearly condemned. They could imagine no person more foul than those sinners, and yet those sinners were judged more righteous by far than they were. The faithfulness of the sinner who repents is far greater than the half hearted, uncommitted, 
so-called believer who says all the right things yet does not live up to what they say. Sure, Dad, I'll go work in the vineyard. And he doesn't go. So what does this have to do with any of us? Each one of you here this morning are in the place of the brother who said yes. Yes, Father, I will go work in the vineyard. Our presence here and our confession of faith is just such an answer to God. Yes, I'll go to work in the vineyard. The question is, do you make it to the vineyard? Or do we say one thing and do another, just as the son did in the parable? What did the Jewish leaders do that earned such a powerful word of judgment from Jesus? What did they do? Well, they confessed the faith without believing in God. They tried to do the outwardly religious thing without having any real desire to actually do it. They didn't really believe God's word, nor did they trust in him. So when their Messiah came, they did not believe in him either. They did not want what Jesus offered, and they did not care whether they were right or wrong. They simply had to have it their way. And when they were confronted by the truth, they did not repent. Oh no, they they got angry. And they looked for ways to either punish or silence the ones who preached the law to them. Like John. Like Jesus. But they would not admit what they knew. And that was that they were guilty and they needed to repent. Does that sound like you? And don't look around the room mentally or physically. Don't try to guess whether this applies to the person next to you or across the aisle or a few pews back. It's not how God's law works. God's law is never preached so that you can judge another. It is preached so that you can see your own sin and repent. The law is a mirror designed to show you your spiritual condition. And it is not meant for you to check others out, to measure others by. It's meant for you to check yourself. You see, Some come to their church on Sunday to put on a show. They don't believe what is preached. They don't really want to change, and they refuse to believe that they really need to. This little piece of their life 
the part that they call church. It works just the way that they want it to. It does not make them do things, nor does it not stop them from saying or doing anything. It just makes these folks feel good and holy and all warm and fuzzy. How do I know this is true? Am I just guessing? Well, I've heard too much anger and hatred toward others from too many. I've heard it and I've read it on social media. And too often the problem here at Reformation or any other church is that it is the some other guy. It's, he's the problem. I'm, I'm okay. It's his, him. I have yet to hear anyone say, you know, the real problem here is that I haven't been doing my part or that I really did some unfortunate things or I said something I shouldn't have. Truth is, the real problems are always someone else, the other guy. The point is this, that we have all been more or less like the son that said yes and then did not go to work. I am no less guilty of that in my life. I'm guilty of that, just like most of you. I sin. I am not proud of it. But I accept it as the truth because every time, maybe not happen often, but every time I write a good sermon, it turns out to be about me, the sinner. And I need to repent. When we repent, our sins are forgiven. Amen? Jesus already paid the price on that cross. God didn't wait for you or me. He took care of it. He took care of our guilt and he punished our sins in and on and through Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? Now, when we know these truths and trust God to love us and to forgive us because of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and we possess eternal life. And everything we need, everything we need done for eternal life and salvation and in order to be well-pleasing to our Heavenly Father is ours in through Jesus. 
And when we repent, we become that son who said no in sin and later regretted it and then went to work in the vineyard. Our work in the vineyard is first and foremost to believe. When we believe God's word, we will repent because it will humble us with a knowledge of our sinfulness and our need. When we believe God's word, we will trust God and we will rejoice in his goodness. And when we take God at his word, we will do what comes to hand. Whatever needs to be done right in front of us, whether it is evangelism, (laughs) easy for you to say, Pastor, evangelism, or the dishes, knowing that what God has given us to do right now is precisely how we worship him and give God the glory. Practicing the presence of God. Remember? People choose our church and take our confession and our religion seriously because we live it consistently. And it is compelling to see God in work, at work, in you. However, however, if we talk love and throw daggers at each other, people see it. If we speak about grace and then try to earn our place among God's people, well, then they know that we don't even believe what we preach. If we talk about the greatest joys of this life as God's gift, and then we act as though being here is, well, if we talk about, if we talk about God's gift, and then we act as though being here or being one of his people enduring the company of the saints is a chore, then people will see that we are just saying the right thing but not going to the vineyard. People come to want what we have when we clearly enjoy having it and when it is a strength to us in life and not just another burden. There is evidence of this in the ministries that I witness you involved in here. It's attractive, and people want to come. Now, there's a saying that close doesn't count except in horseshoes and hand grenades. Oh, my gosh, he said hand grenades in church. In other words, halfway and half-hearted doesn't mean anything in the faith either. You either work in the vineyard or you don't. You believe and you repent and you hope in God or 
or the powerful word of judgment spoken of today is, is for you. So this morning, in conclusion, this morning we pray that God's word is done to us by the Holy Spirit, strengthening us in faith toward salvation and of calling into faith those who do not believe. We pray that we may never stumble so that we will experience its alien work. We hope never ever to be closer than this to alien work. We hope that we never be closer than this to read and understand the powerful word of judgment in our gospel this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.